Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. This is a program where men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm Mike Salen of Cape Fear Men. Those of us who have worked in men's ministry for any length of, uh, know that working with men can be one of the church's hardest ministries. And one of the questions I often get asked is, how do I get men into my church and how do I keep them? Well, today I hope that we can answer some of those questions as we uh, walk through the program today, as I think it will be a very interesting one. As we are, uh, as I want to welcome Greg Sellers of Zoe Ministries uh, to the program. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Mike, such a pleasure to be here with you, buddy. Thanks for the invite. Good, good. Well, before we get started, let me t let me tell our listeners a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Uh, Greg is uh, is the director of uh, Zoe uh, uh, Allies, leader of the Zoe development team and director of Zoe Outdoors. Uh, he desires to create environments for people to have life-changing encounters with God. And beyond his relationship with Jesus, Greg's first responsibility is his family. Greg is a passionate family man and loves speaking about family and how family and marriage fits into God's master plan. When Greg is not on his job, he loves to be on an adventure while hunting, fishing, and tucking tuck away in a remote beauty of God's creation with his four sons. Being outdoors is his passion. And I will say uh, to their listeners out there, when Greg and I was talking about a week or so ago on the phone with late in the day, and he had pretty much cut me off because he said, I got to go home and be my family. So I know he's a family man, and, that's, and that was great. It was, that blessed my heart in so many other ways. And the other thing is I want to apologize to any of the Zoe ministry people out there because I have a hard time pronouncing their ministry. Maybe maybe Greg could help us out a little bit of that. But uh, it's, it's just good to have you on here, brother. It's good to have yeah. you on here. Well, it's again, it's such a pleasure to be with you, Mike. And uh, a lot of people pronounce it wrong. Uh, it comes from John 10, 10 in the Greek. They may have Zoe and Zoe to the full, or they may have life and life to the full. So. You know, Zoe loves to create environments and resources for people to experience life, to experience intimacy with God and each other. So love God, love others. And, um, you know, Zoe in the Greek was a little too feminine for a men's ministry. So that's why we made it Zoe, which is, uh, you know, the, which is the definitely uh, the more masculine way to say it. However, we love uh uh, the, the women that are in our ministry and we do have women's ministry as well. We have a, a new project coming out called the rendezvous project, which highlights marriages. And uh, we do quite a bit of women's ministry, Robin Thompson, Michael's wife, who Michael's the founder and author of the heart of a warrior. Um, they do a lot of women's ministry as well as Sherry Jennings, who's on our team. So, Good, good. Well, we'll get into all that through through the next half hour, forty five minutes or so. But uh, I, what I'd like for you to do right now is just share a little bit more about you, uh, Greg. And uh, first off, what is your favorite verse or your life verse or verse that maybe have a significant meaning in your walk with Christ right now? Yeah, and thanks. why? And why? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, well, uh, so the the one I want to go to is Proverbs four twenty three, which is guard your heart above all else because from it flows the wellsprings of life. Uh, that's always meant so much to me because, you know, the heart is so central, right? 
and mm-hmm. it's central to who I am uh, and the way I do life, the way that we do ministry as Zoe. Um, and so, yeah, it's Proverbs 423. All right. Super. And, and tell us a little bit about your story. How, how did you meet Christ? How did you come to Christ? And, and uh, when, when was that? What was that all about? When did that occur? Yeah. So I grew up in Western North Carolina in a little town called Shelby and um, loved my my time there with my mom and my dad. Uh, they were uh, had, had a good family situation. You and I both being in men's ministry, we know the horrible stories that are out there. And, you know, I had stuff happen to me, too. My mom and dad weren't perfect by any means, but uh, they loved me well, took me to church, thankfully. And uh Got introduced to Christ very early on, made a decision for Jesus when I was 12. I was actually at Carowinds. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, have know about their Christian music days that they do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've been, been doing a number of them over the years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's where I met <laughs> Christ um, when I was 12 and uh, was you know, baptized in my uh, New Hope Baptist in Earl, North Carolina. So. Um, that's where I met Christ and felt uh, very called to ministry really quickly um, when I was 16, was a part of what was then the Kings Mountain Baptist Association um, for our Baptist friends that are listening. It's now the greater Cleveland County and really got involved in uh, that ministry. And uh, a, a man named Leland Kerr, which you probably know, Mike, uh, was very involved in that um, in Wilmington as well. So he was entered. Uh, are integral to my my spiritual formation early on uh, and actually worked for the Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association for some time as well as a volunteer, but then also as a a summer missionary. So, yeah, that's kind of the story of early on uh, in ministry and uh, just growing up, uh, grew up in a great family again that loved us well, even though, as, as most people would understand, there's some speed bumps along the way. Oh, man, it's that, you know, your your testimony is like coming to Christ is much like mine. I mean, I grew up in the church, too. Uh, I was a little later in life uh, before I uh, um, turned to Christ, but still, it's it's very similar to growing up the church. So those are the guys I uh, in men's ministry that I really have a concern for is uh, those who did grow up in the church. Not that it's bad. I think it's great. But sometimes we get a little bit of a. Uh, uh, more blinders on our eyes about what the, the Christian walk is all about. And, right. uh, we get that. So anyway, well, how did you get into men's ministry? How did you get into ministry to men? So, you know, sure, uh, well, it's, it's a called ministry. It's yeah, let me tell you, we're, the, <laughs> we're the redheaded stepchild um, to say the least sometimes. Um, so I started, uh, you know, at 16 with a call to ministry and, um, you know, it was the call, my call to ministry was interesting because uh, I lived in a community that, you know, I think they loved me well, but the only track they saw for ministry was the pastorate, mm-hmm. um, you know, or maybe youth ministry or music ministry. And it was just that was the kind of encouragement that I got at home and and not necessarily bad encouragement, but it was it was never, hey, Greg, what makes you come alive or where do you see yourself in ministry? That never happened. Um, it was more of somebody else's, you know, thoughts about ministry that I just kind of assimilated because that's all I knew to do. And so that really kind of set me into the church ministry lane for the first four years of, of doing ministry. So I did youth ministry, education ministry um, uh, and the like. And so but, you know, with my testimony, I, at the, I had this life going on in kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation 
because I also had sexual addiction going on in my life at the same time, Mike. And so, you know, I was all perfect suit. I look great, you know, but pornography was in the background. And, uh-huh. and so, you know, I was I was looking good here and dying here, you know. And yeah. and so what happened for me uh, in that instance, I was actually in uh, a church in Western North Carolina for a little bit. Westview Baptist, 16, 18 months. Um, I was going down. So I resigned. Um, spent six or eight months of just in depression and mourning, honestly, not knowing what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go. The only thing I knew to do to make any kind of money and get a job was back to church. So I went back into the church at a church, Holt Road Baptist down in Georgia, Marietta, and uh, great experience there. The people were great, just like in Western North Carolina. But still, after some time, go downhill, right? You know, because what you're doing in the dark affects what's going on in the light, obviously. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And so, uh, you know, after some time, marriage issues, my wife and I are going down, church is going down, ministry's going down. And right at the moment of that's happening comes the greatest rescue. So there was this uh, this guy, his name's Eric Peters. Um, some of you guys know might have heard of him. He's a Christian artist, kind of like Cademan's call, Andrew Peterson and those type of guys. He's friends with them. Came into my office in in Holt Road uh, in in Georgia and picked up Wild at Heart. I'm I'm holding Heart of a Warrior, of course, our book. But he picks up that book, Mike, and he opens it up and he's like, what do you think about this book? And it's all tight, like a brand new book would be, like the spine hasn't broke or got loosened up. He's like, you know, breaking it over his knee. <laughs> and he's like, what do you think about this book? Well, for you guys that have read Wild at Heart, you understand what I mean by a poser. So I was being a poser and I said, oh, it's a great book. What a great book. You know, and so he's like, really, what do you think about the wound section? I'm like, oh, yeah, at least I'd read the titles. And you know, <laughs> so I knew how to lie well. And so I said, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, um, everybody's wounded. Really? He closed it back and he set the book down. And I, you know, I honestly said a bad word um, that right after he left my office, I'm like, why do I need to read this book? You know, because a buddy of mine had given it to me. He said, you really need to read this a few years earlier. So I called that buddy and I said, why do I need to read this book? And he's like, oh, you hadn't read it yet. And I'm like, well, no, I haven't. You know, he said, well, you need to read it. And I've got a guy I want you to meet. And I'm telling you, my dad had died in 1999. And so this is 2003. And this amazing rescue started from my heart where I had these spiritual fathers that began to love me well. Right. And I and, and I, to, to my credit, went after them to be loved well, you know, and because I was down, man, I was going down. Marriage was going down. I'm going down. Ministry's going down. And so we started, um, you know, meeting with these guys and um, they did something called boot camps back then. You know, so Wild at Heart, which is now Wild at Heart, used to be Ransom Heart, um, did these things called boot camps. And so a lot of smaller ministries also did these boot camps as well. So the church I was serving, I had that church as well as another church. We all got together and found ourselves in Bryson City, North Carolina, um, at Camp Living Water, for some of you guys that know Western North Carolina. And while we were there... God showed up in a marvelous way. I didn't grow up hearing God or knowing that God could even speak to me. You know, I thought God only spoke through the Bible, that the Holy Spirit was a little bit kooky and I couldn't trust what I was hearing. So that's kind of what I did. And so as I began to learn that God wanted to say something to me and he wanted to speak his words of love and romance, if you will, over his bridegroom, 
you know, and he did, you know, I had this crazy moment, two stories from there. And then let's move on from this part of the topic, but got and get to the ministry part of how I got to me. But this is so important for Mike. You know, we asked the question at that boot camp and for time along with God, right? Covenant of silence. Don't anybody talk to anybody. Go get before the Lord and ask him this question. What do you think of me? What do you think of me? Well, if you knew what I was doing in the dark, I'll tell you for darn sure what I think you think of me. Because that's the way I feel about myself, right? Fill in the blank. I'm nothing but a fill in the blank. So that's what I hear. Even though I, you know, I knew and was educated to know that that's not God's heart. But that doesn't matter when that's what you think and you feel is your reality. And so, you know, I get my journal out and I ask that question. I love, wait, I listen. You know, they taught us how to listen. We do this at our Heart of a Warrior encounters um, up in Goshen, Virginia at the Young Life Camp. We do the same thing. Go ask God this question. And so I listened, Mike, and I heard God say, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm like, no, that's impossible. I heard it again. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then I heard God say, write it down. So I started writing it down. I mean, tears, you know, all the stuff starts coming. And, and I felt God uh, say, write it down until you believe it. So I have this sacred journal that, that's in a place of prominence at my house where I wrote page after page after page of you're my beloved son. I'm beloved. I am loved. And really, that's the building block of all masculinity It's love. I know that might not sound very masculine, but it really is. It's love. And here's an interesting well, here's an Absolutely true. Yeah. And I like the fact that on the, on the book, uh, The Heart of the Warrior, the, the subtitle there it goes along with what you're just saying. Right. It's the fact that it says before you can become a warrior, you must become the beloved son. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so true. So some of us men, we beat ourselves down because of things we do in the in the dark, as you say. And uh, and we th- we think we're the only ones going through those issues. Yet many men are struggling with the same issues. And, that, and is, isn't that like the enemy to isolate you, to lie to you and tell you that you're the only one, you know, yep. most everybody in the building st- struggling or has struggled with the same thing, whether it's sexually related things or something else, you know? Yeah. So God showed up in that treehouse uh, in Bryson city and transformed my life. I knew him already, but you're talking about a transformation of changing things. Right. And he said, mm-hmm. if you'll take my hand, I'll walk with you through this addiction. And, it was about three years to get sobriety, Mike, but after three years and rescuing my marriage, uh, he did. Uh, at the very end well, of that, go ahead. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that you talk about uh, your porn addiction and about uh, you, you've talked to men a lot of times, and, and, it's, and, and a lot of men who, uh, who has that dark side are into some kind of addiction. And uh, and it's just it's just amazing about uh, what's going on in uh, men's lives and in the dark. Uh, I like the terminology that you use. Uh, uh, when nobody can watch us, nobody sees what we're going to do. And we find that a lot of our guys, God pulls them out of those particular situations to use them mightily uh, for his kingdom's work. Yeah. Yep. And I don't you know, now on our weekends, for example, I mean, I'm saying it on this podcast and um I don't I don't tell everybody that story anymore. You know, I do it when God wants me to, because the larger story about me 
is not the porn guy, right? You know, right. And so I walk with God and ask God, and I was asking him today, Lord, do I bring this up on the podcast? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But the point yeah. is, is that he did redeem, he did restore. And how about him let him do that for you too? Because I know yeah. he certainly desires to. Um, the second part answer to the question that you asked, how did I get into men's ministry, is at the end of that very retreat, um, there's a group of guys praying to this man. And I really thought that I was supposed to be in there too because I'm the great Greg Sailors, you know, educational pastor at Whole Road Baptist Church. And why am I not invited into that circle to pray, right? And so I go in there and open the door and I'm going to go pray. And this guy comes out, Randy's his name. And um, he, and rightfully so, I didn't know what was going on. And he's like, Greg, you can't come in. And he closes the door back. I'm like, you know, what the heck? <laughs> I'm the great Greg Sellers. I should be in here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so the enemy, what does the enemy do? He, of course, he pulls his arrow back, right? And he's going to let those, those arrows loose at my heart. And a crazy thing happened, Mike, that's so amazing is God, Jesus, stood in front of those arrows and took every one of them for me. And he looked at me square in the face and said, you know, in the spiritual realm, I didn't see Jesus. In the physical realm, but he in the spiritual realm and in my heart, he said, Greg, if you want to be the type of man that is invited into a circle of men like that and to have something to say of worth and value and then then we got some work to do, buddy. Take my hand. Just like he said with the addiction, take my hand. I want intimacy with you. I want to know you and I want you to know me. Let's go do this together. We can do this. And so I, I hit my knees right there. We did it. And that was my start to the world of men's ministry. That's that's story. You know, um, you're right. You know, and you're sure we're not to focus on our, past, our life the past before Christ. But sometimes our men need to understand uh, that life so they can see that they're not the only ones that's struggling with it. Our focus is on our walk with Christ. It should be that. And, uh, and I think it, it, it helps men to understand um, the struggles that we all have, because a lot of things I, I like to say to our guys is your situation may be different, but your struggles are the same. And, uh, and so we, we need to encourage each other. One of my, one of my verses I like to quote a lot of times comes from Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine and 10, where, talks about where two is more gathered because two or more brings a greater reward for their labor and and uh, and that uh, if one falls down there's another there to lift him up and that's what we need and so well let's talk about Zord Ministries a little bit and uh, and uh, what it's all so uh, tell us the mission and the purpose of Zord Ministries and and, and what's, what's that ministry all about sure you shared a little bit about it already but let's let's go dive yeah. into it Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Zoe, again, comes from John 10, 10. They came that they may have life and life to the full or Zoe in the Greek. Mm -hmm. And so the idea about that is we create environments and resources that promotes intimacy with God, you know, or life with God. So we do that in a number of ways. My particular lane um, is Zoe Allies. And so Zoe Allies, the mission of Zoe Allies is to rescue hearts, the hearts of men, and advance the kingdom through redemptive friendships. And so I get to um, walk into many kingdoms around the world with many, many kings 
that are creating spaces like you do, Mike, for men to meet in small groups, to create retreats and things to unlock and refresh and redeem the hearts of men. So from South Africa to New Zealand, um, Germany, and then all over the United States and South America, um, we get the great opportunity to tote this book. This is uh, Michael Thompson's book, The Heart of a Warrior, um, which you were just mentioning a while ago. Before you can become the warrior, you must become the beloved son. And so uh, I get the great opportunity to, to walk with kings to create those spaces for men's hearts. And Zoe as a, as a whole creates those spaces for men and for women and for marriages, you know, as well. And we have 13 staff members that, that do that, that live here locally in Durham, North Carolina, as well as uh, a few other places, Arkansas, um, and then in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. So uh, we're an international ministry and uh, you can find us at Zoe, Z-O-W-E-H.org. Um, but I would love to talk about uh, what I love the most, which is connecting hearts um, for love and intimacy. Uh, if we could. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I, I do want to talk about that. And uh, so uh, just take it away. Uh, what would you like to say about it? Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to say that there's an epidemic of problems when it comes to men in general. And I think your audience will understand that we have a lot of boys that are wearing suits and going to work every day there is a yeah. development in masculinity men that were hurt and have wounds vows and agreements when they were eight years old and so they act out of that eight-year-oldness and if i'm getting up in your mail today i'm sorry audience but uh, uh you know i totally agree with you i totally agree with you so i say, I say quite often a lot of times is that i deal with guys who's in their 40s and 50s who still act like adolescent teenagers so. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, to give them a little credit, sometimes it's not their whole life that they do that. It might be a particular area. So if they get mm -hmm. challenged with something, you know, or they feel less or lack, then they go back to that wound that Eldridge taught us so much about. But also I think Michael does such a great job of bringing in the beloved factor in the heart of a warrior that Eldridge kind of stopped short with is that, you know, because of what we talked about earlier, that the belovedness, who they are and their intimacy with father or even their earthly father that either happened or didn't happen, the building blocks of their masculine development were stunted or it was arrested or there was per certain parts of the puzzle that have big gaping holes. And because of that, that produces a false self opposer, as Wild at Heart would call it, false self, we call it at Zoe. And what, what they move into is it creates certain behaviors that you're experiencing when you see that they're kind of like an adolescent. And so yeah. I love to rescue that, man. I don't want to be that way. You know, I want to grow up into the stature that God wants me to be. My pornography addiction was from a wound and a vow and agreement that I was medicating things in my life, you know, and I stayed, I stayed young in that area until God showed up and said, no, you're my beloved boy. You're my son. My dad died when I was 22. So, you know, that wasn't the reason behind the pornography or anything, but it was an aid to it. You know, I'm trying to fill this hole that I have in my life with medicating it with something that's false, really. Well, I, can, I, can, I can relate to that because I lost my dad when I was 14. And, uh, and so I did not have a father figure in my basically formative teenage years to help me walk through. So I had a tremendous father wound, not 
not a result of anything my dad did, but just the simple fact I didn't have a father figure in my life. And I know in Michael's book, he talks about that song. Uh, at yeah. some point, I think it's in the in the warrior section. He talks a little bit about that and uh, about the need of having that father figure in your life to help help you uh, transition into adulthood and, and, and beyond. Yeah, I agree. And and if it's not your earthly dad, then God raises up amazing men like Mike Sandlin to love you well and father you through Mike or, you know, maybe through uh, a book like The Heart of a Warrior or. We love Graham Cook at uh, Brilliant Ministries. We love Graham Cook here at Zoe. You know, he's a wonderful father, you know, and, and maybe I'll never meet Graham, but I sure love his podcast and I sure love like this podcast. So, you know, there's a lot of fathers that God raises up. One of the things I learned from my buddy Morgan Snyder from Wild at Heart is, you know, I love to tell my boys and I have four boys. That's all my kids, four boys. Um, they're <laughs> awesome. But I I'll, your wife is probably pulling her hair out every day. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. Bless her heart. Um, yeah. So I, I tell them, uh, and I do it early on, I'm like, you know, the real father is our Heavenly Father. I'm going to do my best, boys, to love you well. But Heavenly Father, Father us, your boys, help us to be the boys you've designed us to be. And that transfer and help other men make that transfer. I want to I want to read a book uh, I want to read a quote from the book if I can um, sure Mike um, and this is part of the mission that we believe with what we're talking about with the wounds vows and agreement that men have the stunted growth to help them be the men that God's designed them to be and then I want to make the transition into how we do that at Allies but uh, so Michael he writes this. I hope to one day see the hearts of men so foundationally settled, so well trained, so well equipped and so well engaged that when evil dare raises its head, beloved sons, warrior men will know what to do and will do it well. Amen. Amen. And, and so that is a cry of my heart. And that's the cry of my heart to connect hearts that also want to do that. And so at, at Zoe right now, Zoe Allies, myself and Michael are writing a book we're calling Battle Plan. And so we see that it's super necessary um, for churches. We, and we have three, three ally groups, we call them. We have church allies, ministry allies like Cape Fear Men, or we're a ministry ally, if you will, Zoe, so we're not a church. Um, and then we have individuals as well. So those are our guys that want to create spaces around the fire in their, in their basement, in their shop, you know, but they're not necessarily collected or connected to an organization. So we love to help aid those people do exactly what that quote is, which is to connect hearts. And when evil dare raises his head, we're going to know what to do and do it well. And we're also going to aid doing that through friendship because we believe, and this is going to sound heretical, that Bible studies don't work. By themselves, Bible studies don't work. Book studies, they don't work. You know, you're going to have to explain that. I, I, I know where you're going with that, but for our listening audience, you're going to have to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, my gosh. You know, because I, I understand the word doesn't come back void. I agree with that 100%. But if you look in Scripture and you look at what happened with Jesus and his followers, what did he say? I no longer call you slave, but I call you what? I call you friend. Right. Friend. Mm -hmm. And we see that over and over with Jesus and his people. 
they were they were friends. You know, in the high priestly prayer, what does he say? You know, he says, all right, Heavenly Father, I want them, uh, them to have what you and I have. Please, let's make this happen. That's what I want for them. You gave them to me, so let them have what we have. Holy Spirit, triune God, you know. And so the, there's a quote, um, I can't remember who said it, but that we're born out of the laughter of the Trinity, you know, and out of the pleasure, right, out of the goodwill and the love of the Trinity. And so what I see a lot of our Bible studies, you know, and I get to work with thousands of these all the time at Zoe Allies, is that the biggest problem is culture is the culture is based around you know checking off the list to get through another study it's about knowledge mike rather than the heart you know if proverbs 423 is true you know guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life then we need to go to the wellspring of life and you know who dwells in the heart you know god does and so we want to experience god there so the missing element i see all the time in our churches, in our individual groups, in our ministry groups, is culture that is uh, missing friendship. It's missing the very basic element of love and intimacy and belovedness one to another. And I tell you, guys need help with it. And so that's why I'm here. It's my calling. Let me help. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. I knew where you were heading to. I was, I was having a lunch with a, a man yesterday, and we were talking about uh, Bible studies and things of that nature. And Bible studies are good, but guys needs that time of fellowship. And and we were talking through about how he could take his Bible study and turn it into an area of fellowship for the guys to connect with each other before oh, yeah. share the word. That's and so, that's, so that's a, that is so, so needed in our, in our men tonight. You're right. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, it's not just fellowship, just so our audience, I know you know that, Mike, already, but just for our audience here, it's not just fellowship. I'm not saying just go have cookouts and sit around the fire and go to movies. That's not it. That's certainly part of it. You know, I, I firmly believe that Bible studies, studies like Heart of a Warrior and others are amazing catalysts and vehicles to help you be that man that God's designed you to be and heal those wounds, you know, help you come out of those vows and agreements and help you not to be that poser so you can be that true self. Those things are absolutely necessary, but not at the expense of friendships because without the friendships, then that doesn't happen usually. It's like we were talking about being fathered. You know, God wants to father you and help you be that person that you've always wanted to be and help you to have those friends you've always wanted to have that are going to jump in the foxhole at 2 a.m. when your daughter texts you and says, I ain't coming back. You know, I mean, it's a true story. I know somebody that went through that and, you know, thank the Lord for that group down in Birmingham, Alabama. They jumped in their cars and they went searching and they found her and she's doing really well. That was 15 years ago, but she's doing really well now. So anyway, here, here, I want to, I want to talk about a few brutal um, facts. (laughs) Here we go. So I asked uh, in this book that we're writing battle plan, um, You know, I wanted to address what we're talking about and to help our churches and our our ministries understand that uh, if if the pastor knew what the men were saying, for example, and if if the men knew what the pastor was saying, what might they say? And so this is a little little bit hard. Uh, Buckle up. Right. Tough statements. But here we go. Uh, 
Men have not been handled well, not handled at all, honestly, in our church. The I totally agree with that. Yeah, man. I mean, the message, here's another one. That's from Kevin. You know, these are all guys that are around uh, the Zoe world. But another guy, Steve, says, the message to my heart is I should do more. Um, here's another one from Charlie. Men's ministry at our church is not prioritized like children's ministry or even women's ministry. If you saw the women's ministry and the men's or the children's ministry budget, you would blush compared to our you know, ministry budget. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I did a study on that, and that's unreal about uh, what you see. That you mean, men's ministry is um, way down the list when it comes to budgeting. I mean, we'll spend ten times more. We'll spend ten times, fifteen times more on our children's and and youth ministry than we do on our men's ministry. And and the other aspect of it is of a situation that just is true, walked into a church, looked at their vestibule counter and they had pamphlets out of their ministries, uh, their other key ministries in their church. Found one dealing with children, found one dealing with youth, found one dealing with women and asked the question, well, where's the men's? And they kind of, you kind of get that uh, deer in the headlight look like, what are you talking about? You know, so you're right on target, go for it. Keep going. Yeah, a few more. In our church, I see them missing the fact that strong men bring strong families to church. They'd rather focus on getting more kids in the building when we need to focus on those men behind those kids. That's Ed. Here's a here's a pastor. Um, he says, as pastor, getting men to engage has been one of the most difficult challenges of my pastorate. The easy path has been not to. As I read through the heart of a warrior, I know I need to not just for the men in my congregation, but for the health of my own heart. So that's Bob. Um, here's another one. Men's groups have traditionally been a lecture or Bible study, you know, more of a Q&A session rather than a relationship. Here's, a, here's one by Brian. This is funny. He says, hard to have a men's ministry when all we do is eat. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm a Baptist, man. You know that. Uh, all right. Two more, two more. All right. Our church assumes badly uh, that men are doing okay, while at the same time, Sunday after Sunday, they tell us from the pulpit what's wrong with us. Sooner or later, the cycle produces men who look for life elsewhere. That after church, that's after the, excuse me, that's after the church has used us for our money and given us jobs in the parking lot waving people as if we're coming to Disney World. There has to be more. My heart needs more. So, you know, brutal, right? The consistent conversation, you know, that we have with men in the church and other organization is, as like my buddy Dan put it, uh, there's not an invitation for men in the church that really deals with their hearts. There's not a prioritization. There's polarization, really, you know, and so, you know, again, I, when I when I read that, you know, and I and I what I did just so everybody knows that you know if you guys buy the battle plan when it comes out uh, in March, um, I had four pastors read that. I was like, I better have some pastors read this and edit it and help me because <laughs> there's more to that, of course. But the the heart behind you know bringing those things up is that we have a problem, yep. you know, and there's a culture issue and. You know, we, we, we and later on in another section there, we asked pastors, what, what would you want your men to know? You know, and one of the things that they say, uh, it's very thematic and consistent, 
is we want our men to know that we really truly do love them and we want to do what's right, but it's so hard. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you this: We talked about this, and I don't disagree with none of these these points that you just brought out. People telling you, I've heard the same same kind of stuff, maybe a little differently, but 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 when you talk to pastors, do you find that sometimes pastors just at a loss of what to do? And uh, I mean, here you have a pastor who has the whole umbrella of the church over you know, that he's responsible for underneath there. And and though men are very important, it's just a, it's just a part of what he has to deal with. And uh, but do you find that they don't really understand what needs to be done and how to deal with it? Yeah, I would say that not no disrespect to them, and we love them very yeah, very much. Absolutely. No disrespect. No disrespect. Yeah, they certainly men's ministry is so low on the priority list yeah. uh, that. A lot of times they're like, we're so thankful we connected with you because we can, you know, plug and play exactly right. what you're. And that's why we're writing battle plan, because we can say, here, do this. Um, and, you know, I don't want that to sound programmatic, but to some degree, it's it's easier and more simple than they think. You know, mm-hmm. you love to have a friendship with Mike Sandlin. You like to go to breakfast or have coffee or sit around a fire or do life together, life on life. It's really that simple, buddy. You know, and then here, use, you know, partner with Heart of a Warrior. You know, it's going to have amazing tools for you um, to ask questions to ask, things to do to help unlock a man's heart. And don't make the culture about, you know, uh, getting through another study. And so when we get into that kind of what we've been talking about, they kind of come alive, honestly. I mean, they're like, yes, it's hard. And that's one of the reasons they're probably talking anyway. They see that we coach and consult and all those things as well. And so they'll they'll call us and be like, you know, or they have they have a Mike Sandlin, for example, in their church saying, I love this book. This book changed my life, Pastor. We need to read it, you know, and do something. And then they find out we coach and consult and have an allies team that uh, will come in and help you change your culture. And, and help you be that church uh, that really is a magnet for men. And and so they're like, they're glad usually. Um, sometimes yeah. maybe there's some other things, but usually they're really excited that there's somebody that's doing this and doing it well. Yeah. Well, let me, I hate to change subject, but we're running up on time. And I, sure. I wanted to ask one more question dealing with the culture we really are in that we didn't ask for, so to speak. But uh, the pandemic has changed the landscape of men's ministries in so many ways over the past year. And uh, men are, uh, it's just been hard on men uh, because some of them lost their jobs. Uh, some of them are uh, struggling, you know. And and I want to get your thoughts and your opinions of what you're seeing uh, as we uh, reach out to our men these days on on what we need to do with this pandemic. Uh, I know you're talking about fellowships and things of that nature, and that is so true. Uh, but even in the gathering sections, we're having a hard time with that, getting men to gather. So what is what is your thoughts on, on what's happening in that world, and how can we overcome it? Sure. Uh, well, I have to go back to orientation, Mike, because, you know, at Zoe, we believe that, if you're an oriented man, then you know who you are, where you are, and the good that God's up to in your life. And that mm-hmm. orientation comes from a place of intimacy, relationship with God, 
intimacy with him. He brings orientation. So if we're oriented to that, we also know that there is a light side and a dark side. If you want to use Star Wars terms, right? You know, there's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And the yep. enemy is at work. All right. And the enemy wants to isolate us. He wants to take us down, pick us off, get us into addictions, a little off of the path to the left or the right. You know all these things already, listeners. But with that orientation in the background, um, we have to understand that we're going to have to do something about it. And if there's certain things in place, something, certain rules in place, or there's health concerns, um, then obviously there's uh, great opportunities with programs like Zoom and other things like that that you can meet on. But everybody's getting Zoom fatigued. I don't know about you, but I sure am Zoomed out. But at the same time, I remember the scripture, you know, not forsaking the, the meeting of the saints, right? So, you know, um, am I going to be willing to push through and do what's necessary? And, and uh, you know, am I going to be uh, blaze the trail? Zoe's trying to blaze the trail and figure out how do we do this online well? And how do we also, um, you know, not allow fear to overtake us? And, um, do what is necessary for us to be together, even if it's in smaller groups. I mean, I, I, I lead a small group in, and I like to say the Bahamas, uh, in Bahama, North Carolina. <laughs> you know? So uh, I was at my small group last night, and you know, we're socially distancing. We're it was cold, we were around the fire, but we, you know, we so we socially distance and had heaters, and you know, a few guys wear a mask and that's fine. You know, there's no shame in that game. And that's something that some of our men are doing. They're shaming people because they have a certain choice that they're trying to make from that. And, you know, the point is, is that however you, you can, if you have to do it on Zoom, then do it on Zoom. If your church or the situation you're in will let you do it in person, do it in person. But don't let the enemy win, Mike. Don't let the enemy Absolutely. win. Isolate you and keep you alone and not allow you to meet with your brothers. Find a way, find a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, I hear people talking about that closing the churches, at least in the beginning, or it's a closing trust. They're not closing the churches. They're just, we're just being forced to find other ways to minister to each other. And Zoom was a, was a great product or whatever media you're using to gather together, Google Meets or uh, Facebook Live, whatever the case may be, gather together. I know a group of guys up not too far north of me right now who who uh, uh, meet outside at the picnic tables there on their church grounds, you know, yeah. and every Saturday morning. And so, you know, social distance, stay, you know, and things like that. So there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Greg, uh, our time is coming up uh, here in just a few minutes. I need to uh, take, bring this close because you and I have uh, – uh, We've known each other for a couple of years now, and every time we get together, we have a good conversation about men and how to minister and help each other out. And uh, we could go on with this for quite some time, but I want to give you just if you could just take a couple of minutes and just summarize if you can. And I know Greg Sellers cannot summarize nothing in two minutes, but but I want to ask you if you can, and uh, and and be able to uh, just kind of share where you want to see. Uh, Zoe ministers go in the lives of men over, over the coming year. Sure. Uh, well, we have uh, a goal of uh, creating 100 new men, men's groups in 2021, even with the pandemic. And uh, if that is in America or around the world, uh, we're hopeful to help aid doing that. I would encourage your listeners to go to zoe.org forward slash allies. 
uh, A-L-L-I-E-S, and um, scroll to the bottom and subscribe to the Allies Dispatch. And when uh, Battle Plan comes out, which is the new book that should be out here in the first quarter of the year, uh, that's one of our um, things that we're going to aid in, um, I think, starting those small groups. Um, we have uh, retreats that we do around the United States um, called uh, the Heart of Warrior Encounter. Another, you can go to zoe.org forward slash events. We'd love to see you there. 450-ish guys showing up at, um, you know, a Young Life facility like Windy Gap in North Carolina or, or uh, Rockbridge in Goshen. That's another thing. We're hopeful to be down in your neck of the woods, Mike, uh, later in the year doing one of our Zoe Ally gatherings. Yep. And so we love to partner um, with churches and nonprofits to come and, and encourage the men. But really our heart is to connect uh, men with men like Mike who have small groups in that area because we have thousands and thousands of our database and men that are always looking for foxholes of, uh, um, to be in with other men. And so we love to do the gatherings. We've got one in Charlotte on the 23rd, for example, uh, one in Atlanta later in the year, hopefully one in Wilmington and then one in Denver this fall. So um, those are ways that uh, we're trying to connect with people. Uh, I want to offer a, a discount to, to your list. Uh, you go to the Zoe store uh, and enter heart five, H-E-A-R-T five uh, at checkout. You'll get $5 off the article warrior. We'd love for you guys to pick that up and read that book we think it would be great and so you know for zoe where we're going in the next uh, year and years to come is you know we're creating online environments and resources so we can help guys connect with god intimately and others um, we're still trying to do that physically lord willing and the covid don't shine um to, to stop that and uh, we're continuing to love to connect with people like uh, Mike Sandlin and Cape Fear Man. So it's been a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for letting me be on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You know, one of the things my mentor used to tell me, one of my mentors used to tell me all the time, is be intentional with you guys. Be intentional with you guys. Uh, go chat him on the show. Invite him to have lunch with you. Uh, That's right. Go to a ball game with you. Go hunting with you. Go fishing with you. Whatever the case may be. And just pour your life into him. And that, is, that has meant so much to me when people do it to me. And I know when I do it to others, it's meant something to them. Well, Greg, it was great to have you on today. And you have provided some great information, I think, for all of us to digest as we look at. And uh, and like I said earlier, we talked about this uh, for quite some time. Uh, and, and I do thank you for your time. So if you all would uh, like to know more about uh, Zoe Ministries or, uh, or have Greg or Michael come and speak uh, to your men, uh, you can reach him at zoe.org. That's Z O. Make sure I spell it right. Z O R E H. Z O W E H.org. Z O W E H. That was a test for you, actually. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Greg. This is Mike Sandler with Intentional Conversations, Cape Fear Men. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men and Men's Ministry Coalition. In case you missed something or would like to review something said, this conversation will be available on the Cape Fear Men website within the next few days. Just go to capefearmen.net slash podcast to listen. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify, and you will be able to listen to past podcasts. If you enjoyed today's program, I would like to ask you to consider helping us keep these broadcasts coming to you by donating to Cape Fear Men by either going to capefearmen.net and clicking on the donate button at the top of the page or text CAPE, C-A-P-E, to 50155. 
Cape Fear Rent is a 501c3 organization, and all donations are tax deductible. Thank you in advance for your donations. If you have other questions, drop us an email at capefearmen at gmail.com. Again, Intentional Conversations is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Now, as the beloved mentor used to say, after finishing our time together, I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shake your back. Join us next time on Intentional Conversations. God bless.